Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia. I've been on a ketogenic diet since April of 2014. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've lost about 100 pounds. I've completely turned my health around. And this show is a document of my progress through ketosis and Richard's experience thriving for years in ketosis. Oh, yeah. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? No way, no how. We have done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them. We hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Sure are. We love to cook and we love Mm -hmm. to eat. Mm -hmm. In every episode, we both share a keto recipe that cannot be ignored. Ignore it, I dare (laughs) you. All right, man, let's start podcast number 95, One Year of the Ketogenic Forums. So, Richard, do we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show? Uh, Last week was uh, the show with Professor David Ludwig, uh, and I I would not dare (laughs) to try and correct a Harvard (laughs) professor. But uh, we did actually get somebody who suggested some corrections for both the Thanksgiving show uh, and the uh, show with Asim Malotra. Oh, yeah, right. This is from Jace, and he says, Hi, dudes. Uh, in Thanksgiving, Carl said that the pilgrims were Dutch settlers, when in fact they were English, and they came from Plymouth in Devon. That is actually true, and yeah. I went back and did my research, and they were English who went to Amsterdam first to flee persecution gotcha. and then came from Amsterdam to the New World. Yeah. Ah, I see. And he also says, as for Boxing Day in the uh, episode with Asim Malotra, uh, we celebrate that in Britain and its roots can be traced to St. Stephen's Day, which is essentially its origins are found in a long ago practice of giving cash or durable goods to those of the lower classes. Gifts mm. among equals were exchanged on or before Christmas Day, but the gifts to those less fortunate were bestowed the day after. And this is Boxing Day. So thank you, Jason. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah, that's something I didn't really know. Mm. So I appreciate people uh, widening our horizons, as it were. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. He also says, P.S., where can I find a copy of the music played in the Two Keto Dudes podcast? And we'll talk about that in just a minute. (laughs) But first, we need to revisit what a ketogenic diet is. Yeah. A ketogenic diet is any diet that puts you in a state of nutritional ketosis, Mm -hmm. which means that you're primarily burning body fat as a fuel. Yep. And to do that, you need to lower insulin. And the best way to eat to lower insulin is to limit your carbohydrates to less than 20 grams a day, um, mostly from green leafy vegetables, maybe some nuts and dairy, stuff like that. Yeah. No sugar, no starch. For protein, it should be moderate. Mm -hmm. And for us, that's one to one and a half grams of protein every day for every kilogram of lean body mass we have. Right. And then the rest of our energy we get from fat. We get all of our energy from fat. That's exactly right. that's right. Yeah. Yep. So carbohydrates are really just incidental. And protein has a very important point in the body, and that is to build protein structures, build our body. Uh, All of our energy we're getting from fat. 
Yup. So how was your week, buddy? Um, I've had a pretty ordinary week this week, actually. You know, last week I hit the lowest weight that I'd ever been. Uh, right. Or so, well, since age 22. Uh, obviously, I was yeah. lower before that. Um, but uh, I've been doing a lot of coding work for a friend. Uh, and so I've been getting a, between three and four hours of sleep a night for the past week, which is oh. not a good thing. Yeah. And I put on about three and a half kilograms in a week. And I can tell you, I haven't eaten three and a half kilograms of food. So Yeah, it's um, funny that yeah. uh, we know that lack of sleep raises insulin, as does stress. So yeah. you're probably getting a little dose of both of those. Well, lack of sleep is stress. I mean, it is essentially the yeah, same yeah. thing. It's all cortisol. <laughs> and as we heard from Jason Fung in the Obesity Code podcast, cortisol directly affects weight gain. And so sure um, does. stress does that. I've come to the conclusion that I really need to learn to sleep to satiety. And what that really means is that I need to go to sleep at least nine hours earlier than I need to wake up and I need to not use mm. an alarm clock and, nice. uh, and, and basically wake up naturally. And, you know, if I only need seven hours of sleep, I'll just be awake two hours earlier. Um, yeah. If I need nine hours of sleep, then that's fine. If I need 10 hours of sleep, I'm going to be late, an hour late for whatever I'm going to do that day. That's just going to be yeah. how it is. But I need to learn to sleep to satiety. That's really been a problem of mine. And I think I've mentioned before that when I was a software coder for uh, almost 20 years, my commercial advantage over other developers was that I was fully functional on four and a half hours of sleep every night. So I, yeah. I was able to get three and a half hours extra coding development uh, done every day. And uh, yeah. over time, that does build up, and that is a debt that you end up paying. You get older, it gets harder. And the older you are, the harder it is to recover from it. Yeah. So I've had an epiphany that uh, I need to work on my sleep hygiene. Okay. Anyway, how was your week? My week was pretty good, Richard. Mm -hmm. I played an incredible gig with the band on Saturday night after being fasted for two days. Nice. And being fasted and then playing fasted with a band has turned out to be like a superpower for me. Really? Oh, yeah. Because I remember the way it was before I started keto and I was overweight and tired all the time. Mm. I could barely stand up all night. You right. know, when I play, I'm standing and playing and all that stuff. Mm. By the end of the night and it's time to break down, all I want to do is just crash. And then right. I'd have to break down the band and haul the gear back to, you know, a 10-piece band, there's a lot of gear. Yeah. Haul it back to the studio. Now it's three or four in the morning before I get home and it just killed me. Yeah. Now I have lots of energy. I can hit the high notes with ease. My playing is better, like because my brain is more acute. Yeah, I I can um, transmit what my brain to uh, my my feelings through my brain to my fingers faster. Right. So th it's like a superpower for musicians <laughs> or anybody doing any skill, really. Yeah. That involves your brain, which, hey, last time I checked, that's just about everything, right? Yeah. I know Ivor <laughs> says that before a presentation, he likes to fast for at least 12 hours so that he's uh, yeah. you know, uh, sharp for the presentation. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of music, and, you know, Jason asked about the music during, mm. the, you know, in the Two Keto Dudes show. Yeah. Um, as you may or may not know, um, I just said it, but I do the music for Two Keto Dudes and the Obesity Code podcast and Keto Woman podcast and the nascent Keto Families and Keto Kitties podcast. Yeah. And some of that music uh, is just stuff that I have created for uh, myself and turned out to be a good fit, like mm -hmm. Groover Get Out of the Way is the theme song for Two Keto Dudes. Yeah. That was a song that my band, the Franklin Brothers Band, did. I wrote it. 
um, my friend and amazing guitar player John Schofield played mm. guitar on it. And the video is there. It's linked on the page at 2KetoDudes.com if you want to watch the video. Interesting, the video is before keto, of course. <laughs> so, so you see much see more of Kyle. <laughs> yeah, you'll see much more of me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, the music in the Obesity Code podcast is interesting because the, the theme song was done by myself and Doug Wolverton, who's a great trumpet player. Yeah. Um, and that song is called A Typical Day. But during the, you know, the music beds, there's just some ambient music that I've created for the Obesity Code, but also stuff from a project that started as a thing called Music to Code By. Right. And you were talking about how when you were coding in your youth, your superpower was being able to function on four hours sleep. Sure. And a lot of developers, especially young developers, software developers do this. Mm. And the reason that they stay up all night is because they need uninterruptible time. Absolutely. It takes time when you're developing to build a synthesis of the of the project that you're working on. You, you, you have potentially a thousand different variables all interacting and you need to hold them in your mind at any one point. You're absolutely right. That's exactly it. Yeah. You have this abstract model that you have to keep in your mind and when it changes, mm. you have to recognize in your mind where in that big map it's yeah. changed. And so any kind of interruption just sort of <laughs> just explodes it all. Yeah, it collapses it. And then you've got to build it all, all back up again. Yeah. Right. So that's why I created the music. I did some research that found that um, children who are doing math, listening to Baroque music at 60 to 80 beats per minute while they were doing math, did better on math tests and comprehension cool. and in, in all of that kind of stuff. So I took the whole idea of tempo mm. and modernized it. And, and you know, Baroque music is really kind of predictable and mathematical so it's not really boring and it's not really um distracting at the same time but it's baroque and you know more people dislike it than like it i think i actually like it myself but <laughs> i a, love baroque music but me too. yeah but it's not for everybody sure. but anyway i took a modern approach and i made these longer pieces they were 25 minutes long Turns out 25 minutes is a good amount of time to focus on one thing deeply and then stop focusing on it for at least five minutes to give your brain a rest. Okay. So this is all based on research. Anyway, long story short, Music to Code By did fantastic. I sold a whole bunch of it in the software world and I rebranded it as an app called Music to Flow By. Right. Because flow is that state that we're talking about where you're, you're getting immediate feedback on things. It comes from a book, Flow, by Mihai Chicks and Mihai in the 90s, yeah. where he talked about these people, that, like fishmongers, filleting fish. You know, they're doing nothing but doing that, and it's effortless to them. It's just like they're getting immediate feedback. Um, they're, they're in this state of what he calls flow. Things are just happening. Time is flying by, and... There's no speaking, there's no distraction, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it turned out to be, I think, a pretty good fit for the Obesity Code podcast for just sort of background music. Although we have had a few people say that it is a little bit distracting. Yeah. So come the new year, I'm going to take a new approach to music. You may hear less of that music to uh, flow by in the Obesity Code podcast. But if you want to focus and you want to you know, you have stuff that you need to focus on. It's good for that. So check yeah. out the app, Music to okay. Flow By. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, Jason, I hope that answers your question yeah. and then some. <laughs>
So I think we need to give away some loot. Yes, we do. In particular, we're giving away a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug to one lucky member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club. And today's winner is Carol Loomis. Well done, Carol. Congratulations. You get a mug with our mugs on it. That's right. And it says, keep calm and keto on. Nice. But you should fill with your coffee yeah. or whatever else you want to put in it. So how do you get uh, in the drawing to win one of those, Carl? Well, you have to join the Two Keto Dudes fan club. Okay. To do that, you go to fanclub.twoketo.com. You answer a few simple questions, including okay. your email address. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the fan club. That's all there is to it. We randomly pick somebody every show to win a mug or something else. Nice. And if you don't want to wait to win a mug, so you can't wait to win the lotto, uh, you can just go and buy one at gear.2keto.com and pick yourself up a T-shirt that says something witty on it. <laughs> or anything else. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff. I, You know, I didn't even realize this because we just set it up and forget about it, yeah, right? But there's a onesie. <laughs> we have a two-keto onesie. <laughs> Apparently we do. I don't know. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is awesome. Yeah. Well, that brings us to a little segment of our show we call... What you got? Well, I went looking through the iTunes reviews, and man, they're just great. Great feedback, people. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does count as mail. We have like over 170 reviews up mm-hmm. there, and 99% of them are five-star reviews. Wow. Yeah, it's great. So this one says, I'm a former bodybuilder and power lifter that due to sickness over the years put on a ton of weight. Mm. My biomarkers for disease have been out of control and getting worse over the past 12 years, and I've been to the doctors numerous times because I never feel well. Four years ago, I was diagnosed pre-diabetic, and this year, full-blown diabetic. I can relate. He's talking type 2, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been doing keto for a little less than four weeks now using the strategies that Carl and Richard speak on, and for the first time in years... My blood work is basically normal. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Except for my HbA1c, which because it's an average- Yeah, well, that's over three months. On my next visit, it will be lower. But it was probably super high because I was eating ice cream, cake, drinking iced tea, slushies, and massive amounts of starches and carbs every day. Ah, yeah. Thank you, keto dudes. And if anyone wants to change their health, listen to these dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, and, and they just go on like that. It's wonderful to hear these stories. People keep sending them to us. They inspire us to, to go on and keep doing what we're doing. So what you got, Richard? So I've got a message from the Ketogenic Forum, and uh, this is from Brian. And Brian says, hey, Richard, curiosity is finally getting the best of me. And I have to ask, is there a story behind the hat? I can't help oh. but think I'm not the only one who's wondered. <laughs> and uh, Steph actually responded uh, by quoting, a man walks down the street in that hat. People know he's not afraid of anything. <laughs> yeah. Damn straight, Steph. It's actually from a TV series called Firefly, and the movie was called Serenity. Yeah. And Julie and I got into the show after Fox had killed it. So there was only, spoiler, there's only one season of this show, and it is it is so good that it really should have gone for seven, eight, nine, ten seasons. But it... You know, it was killed after a year, and uh, 
but it became a cult classic. And we were watching the show, and at this stage, Jules was into knitting. She goes through these mm. phases, you know, she gets into cheese making and she gets into making clothes and she gets into uh, into knitting this season. And uh, yeah. she decided that she would knit uh, one of the – the hats, it's actually a beanie from uh, one of the characters of the show, a character named Jane, the hero of Canton, for anyone who watches the show. Uh, so she decided she'd knit me a cunning hat, and she actually got a um, recipe for it, I guess you call it a recipe or a pattern for it off the internet, and got the exact uh, colours of yarn to use for it. Uh, yeah. And so she she knitted me this hat, and I was wearing it in one of my first weight loss uh, photos, and it just became a thing that I would wear this hat, uh, and you know, if for this I'd wear it during podcasting because I wear headphones yeah. when I podcast, and this hat traditionally has to be misshapen and over large. It's it's too large on the character's head. It's actually an, it's it's really an ugly hat. <laughs> uh, it is that, kind of that's that's the whole point of it. So, but it it actually fits really well over my headphones and on a cold day right um it works really well to keep me warm and also it turns out that it, the little flaps down the side give me some audio is- isolation on my mic's boom so um yep. so it's actually it's actually a magical hat for audio um anyway yeah. so uh, when i was asked to speak at the low carb down under conference at the gold coast uh, it was in the middle of summer and, it, and we're at the beach so it wasn't uh, a good idea to wear a woolen hat. So <laughs> what I did was I had, I had a T-shirt made up with a picture of a liver wearing the cunning hat because, you know, a man walks down the street <laughs> with a liver like that, you know he's getting a lot of ketones. So <laughs> so that's where the that's where the hat came from. So for those people yeah, who wonder. Yeah, that's a great story. That's the background. And you're going to continue to wear that, I'm sure. I think I'll be wearing it at Breckenridge. I'll be wearing – I've got actually got a photo of Jimmy Moore wearing it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's kind of funny too. Well, we're here today to talk about the ketogenic forums and just a little bit of history maybe Mm. before we get into it. If you listen to any of our older podcasts, you hear us talk about our Facebook group. Right. And, you know, fb.2keto.com, which now goes to a different place. And we shut down our private Facebook group uh, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, in December, really. Because we found it very difficult to manage the Facebook group. First of all, people were being mean to each other, which we don't like at all. And it doesn't further anyone's cause. Right. And secondly, people were not reading So, you know, one of the things about Facebook, and Richard will explain this in a minute here, Mm. but one of the things about Facebook is it's designed to keep you just scrolling. Nobody scrolls back to read what anybody posted five seconds ago, which may answer their question, but they don't do that. They always go ahead. They want the latest thing. So why is that, Richard? Yeah, so the way that Facebook works is that it's designed to tickle your novelty center of your brain, and it does this to essentially make you forget that you're being given ads. So as long as they Mm. give you something novel all the time, it actually tickles a part of the brain called the ventral tegmented area of your brain. Ooh, I love it when you talk dirty. It responds to novelty. And so uh, one of the problems is that with Facebook is that if you've seen something before in the past and you want to go back and search for that again, Facebook is not incented to give you that information again because as soon as you see something on Facebook that you've seen before, all of a sudden you notice that there are ads all over it. 
But if yeah. you only see new stuff, uh, your brain is lulled into a into a false sense of security and it doesn't notice that it's being advertised all the time. And as a result, and we don't know why, but search doesn't work. So it, when you tested this by Richard actually wrote an article on why Facebook, you know, isn't conducive to good knowledge and finding things. It wasn't just one article. I wrote it about 30 times. <laughs> right. And you used that technical term for that part of the brain. Yeah. And then you went back and searched on that term and it was like, nope, I don't have anything there. Yeah. it was, And it, it was a very unique term. So it would have been something that should have been found. There should have been 30 instances of it because, as I say, yeah. I, I, I wrote 30 copies of this. And I even encouraged people to do a search on Facebook for that exact term. Uh, ventral yeah. tegmented area. And, you know, they do the search and if they'd seen my posts before about it, they wouldn't be giving them in the search. So it became a very poor way for us to, uh, to provide information for people. And that's the main reason they were going right. to the forum was to, uh, to ask questions about keto and to get responses. Yeah. And, uh, and we, uh, we recognized there was a social aspect to Facebook that people really liked. And yeah. people do like, I still like going to Facebook and just reading the, the feed and seeing mm. what my friends are up to in a sure. sort of stream of consciousness way. That's fun. Mm. And so we, we liked that, but we also wanted to provide a permanent database of, you know, uh, of articles and yeah. things that people can search for. So they don't have to just throw a question out to whoever's on Facebook. They can go and look and see what has been thought of and, you know, written down yeah. previously. So that's why we started this forum. And we went to our friend Jeff Atwood, mm. who was one of the inventors and managers uh, of stackoverflow.com, right. which is a very, very successful forum for technology. Yeah. Software developers go there and they just type in their question and they find the definitive answer on mm. something. So yeah. he left Stack Overflow mm -hmm. and started his own software company with a very similar uh, platform right. called Discourse. Mm. And that's what we used. And so we started paying for it out of pocket and yeah. now it's paid for by our Patreon. So I'll let you take over the story from here. So uh, when we decided that Facebook wasn't working for us, we decided we'd have a Viking funeral and we'd blow the whole thing up. And so we gave, <laughs> we told everybody like two months beforehand, on this date, we are shutting down, we are switching off the Facebook forum, and we had 13,500 right. members. And yeah. not, a, I mean, there are bigger Facebook groups. Uh, Tim Noakes mm -hmm. has got one with a million people in it. But, you know, th 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 that's a fairly decent size. And a lot of these Facebook groups, they like to advertise to their members. So anyone who has a larger group is considered to be able to make more money from them. That was never a thing for us. We didn't really care no. about that. Uh, but a lot of people said to us, you're mad. Why would you throw away 13,500 members, mm. a large enough forum that you built? We even had one guy offer to purchase the forum from us so that he right. could then use it to, I don't know, he was going to sell exogenous ketones or something. Um, know, he, he was willing to offer us 100 bucks. Yeah, we told him to get stuffed. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, a lot of people said to us, you're mad. Why would, why would anyone in their, their right mind – have a Viking yeah. funeral for a successful Facebook group. And right, right. Uh, we said, well, we think we've got a technology solution that's better. And that was at the end of 2016. We went live on Boxing Day of 2016. So that was the day after yeah. Christmas. And yep. I can let you know 
that as of today, which is the 10th of uh, December 2017, we have in the forum, ketogenic forums, 14,343 people. Yeah. They said it couldn't be done. So in one year, we've got as many people and more as we had in Facebook. Yeah. And there you go. Absolutely. Now, the ketogenic forum serves 1.1 million page views every month. Uh, wow. We have, uh, of those 14,343 users, we have only ever had four people suspended. And That's remarkable. I know. And and we have the ability for you. It's basically a system where the users actually police the system themselves. So there's right. the ability to raise flags when people uh, misbehave. And, you know, if somebody writes something that's trolling, uh, they'll get hit with a couple of flags and, and you know, an admin will be able to look at it and decide whether it is trolling or whether it's reasonable. In most cases, we leave the post up. Yeah, because most of the time what people consider trolling is an alternative viewpoint. It can and we're be. all yeah. for alternative viewpoints. You yeah. know, somebody honestly says, yeah. hey, here's an article that somebody posted and, you know, we look at it and the science is wrong, but <laughs> um, but it's fine. Let's, hey, yeah. let's talk about this, right? Yeah. So it will it's, go through yeah. and then we have a guess what intelligent discussion exactly it's a teachable moment. amazing really yeah you know it's an opportunity to, to to talk through an issue and to uh right. have some experts suggest some ideas and to have people mm-hmm. shoot them down or to support them and and in the end uh we end up with uh, more information so we've only yep. ever had 257 flags in the entire year so there's yeah. not a lot of this happening i think people who come on looking to troll and and there are some people who do that just because you know they like pulling the wings off flies kind of thing um yeah and there will always be people like that uh those people get no uh, gratification they you know they don't get what they're looking for and they move on uh it's much easier to torment people on facebook so uh we've had uh in the year that the ketogenic forum has been running. We've had nine and a half thousand topics. Now, what's a topic? A, a topic is a question. A topic is when somebody uh, posts the the beginning of a thread. So they do the initial right. post of the thread, and then everybody then uh, responds to that. And we've had one hundred twenty thousand posts responding to those nine and a half thousand topics. Wow. And each of these posts, uh, people can like if they like, so they hit the heart button on it. And we've had 280,000 likes in the past year. That's so, great. Yeah, that's awesome. In from uh, about 9,000 topics, so that's outstanding. But what I like the most about the forums is that when you when you go there looking for an answer, mm. you can search. You can type in, yeah. hey, why am I stalled or something mm. like that. Yeah. And then you see all the posts that come up in order of relevance to what you're talking about and typically people will find the answer before they post a new topic and even when you do go to post a new topic if discourse thinks that it's similar to one that's already been suggested it'll say hey while you're typing it'll bring it up on the side and say it does this answer your question yeah it's brilliant isn't it yeah it is brilliant so somebody, uh, Doug, in this case, uh, posted in one of the threads today that uh, he swears that this forum is like taking three or four college courses at the same time. And the weird thing wow. is that every single one of those courses holds your attention. Awesome. And I appreciate all the smart people that uh, that come on the forum. It really is a helpful place. 
There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it does. And I want to bring your attention to a couple of really great topics that mm. seem to go on and on and on. <laughs> this one was started by Shane Barnbrook in mm. December of 2016, and it's called the Super Duper Real Life Photo Thread. Right. And it's very easy if you just go to forum.2keto.com, click on the search and type in photo thread. It's the first <laughs> thing that comes up. Yeah. And so people are putting in their progress photos, uh, their before and after photos. and it just goes on and on and on. There's been 614 posts Wow! as of today. And if you go there, you might notice that this thread is in a category called progress before and after, right. and it has a little lock on it. Mm. And what that lock means is that it's not public. Yeah. So you have to be registered and you have to have used the forum in the web browser right. for about 15 minutes before you can have access to that. And then you get access to all the locked things. But yeah. the whole idea is you cannot share them. Yeah, you have They're to be locked. a person. You ha can't be a bot and you have to have yeah. an email account and you've got to be using it in a normal way for 15 minutes or so. Uh, and that's yeah. and that really stops uh, places like Google from uh, indexing um sensitive information like people's photos so we don't yeah uh, that that's the main reason that we made that uh that particular sub category uh locked and protected from google uh we have an unlocked one uh which was actually started by daisy uh and this is in the uh subcategory boring keto and this uh <laughs> post was what did you eat today and there are 3,393 posts in this topic. It is yeah. like the killer uh, thread of all threads. And it's basically people just uh, posting food porn. <laughs> you know, this is uh, yep. food, keto food that they've, that they've managed to get their restaurants to, to configure for them or they've cooked for themselves. And there are some admins of the board who were invited to be an admin purely because they made such wonderful pictures in this particular thread. So yeah. uh, that's outstanding. It's amazing. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff there. There's mm. good friends, new friends that you'll meet, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of great science to read. There's a whole show me the science category. Yeah. And this is where people find uh, studies out on the internets, and they post them and say, what does everybody think of this? And the discussion is great. Yeah. And some people disagree, and that's okay. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's an amazing civil place. Yeah. Uh, so I posted one in Show Me the Science uh, today called Cutting Carbs Can Increase Your Risk of Diabetes. And oh, really? Really. <laughs> and uh, this article uh, <laughs> is, uh, you know, saying that e experts are warning against this trend of Australians cutting carbohydrates uh, from mm. their diet. And uh, this paper is a, a paper of a record in Australia. It's the Sydney Morning Herald. So it's, it's, it's mm. like, I guess you'd say, similar to the Washington Post. And this is what I would call fake news because they say that the, uh, the evidence to support their statement is unequivocal and yet they go on to present no evidence. And uh, the right. Studies that do get used for this kind of thing are associational studies that are weak associations, and there are associational studies that show the exact opposite. What I can mm. tell you is a lot of people on the ketogenic forums have reversed type 2 diabetes by not eating carbohydrates, and Carl and I yeah. are among them, and uh, yep. th there are thousands of us. So, you know, yeah. if uh, cutting your carbs increases your risk of diabetes, uh, then I'm yet to see the evidence of that.
Uh, I have yet to see one person who has cut carbs and got diabetes. Right. I've never seen it. No. I've Not taken one. statins and gotten diabetes. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a common pattern. But no. I've eaten whole grains and gotten diabetes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've eaten uh, six to 11 serves of, uh, of uh, grain products every day, and I followed the yeah. Diabetes Australia recommended diet and went from being pre-diabetic to being diabetic, which they would say – is just what happens with diabetes. Diabetes is That's a what progressive happens. disease. It never it never goes backwards. Or you did something wrong. You <laughs> didn't follow it correctly. And Obviously. guess what? They can't prove that you did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I can prove that I don't have diabetes. <laughs> and I uh, can too. Yeah. I can also show them yeah. my uh, my dietary uh, diaries and um, and I can sh- I can even measure my respiratory quotient so that, that uh, there is mm. no doubt that my the energy that my body runs on is uh, purely fat. Or your zero calcium score. Well, actually, I can show that it has not damaged my cardiovascular uh, risk at all because I have a zero calcium score. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's right. And I have an HbA1c of 5.2, so uh, which is yeah. a lot better than the 11.2 I had when I was eating their silly diet. <laughs> silly diet well you bragging about it on facebook of all places we're you know dissing facebook here but you know <laughs> that's how i initially found out about your success because you were saying hey look at me yeah i've lost all this weight and i've gone from diabetic to non-diabetic and i did exactly the opposite of what the australian authorities told me to do yeah and I just thought that was so renegade and so, uh, you know, amazing. You see, here's the thing. We all know low carb is amazing, mm. but everybody in the back of their mind has this little, you know, devil on the shoulder that mm-hmm. says, you're going to die. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to eat all that fat and you're going to clog, yeah. clog your arteries and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> when we decided to blow up our Facebook group, our goal was actually to build a hub network of information that would support Thousands of Facebook groups, but all small right. groups, local in a community or local in, amongst your family or, you know, so the ketogenic forums for us was a way to amplify our reach uh, uh, by several orders of magnitude. And I think that's been quite beneficial for what we're trying to do. And I mean, our goal is really just to try and give people the tools necessary to reverse their diabetes. And what we've started to do is incorporate blogs from experts that we admire. Mm-hmm. And so when they post to their blog, it goes right into a, uh, a category on the forum. Yeah. So true. therefore, what you'll end up with is when you search the forum, you're searching across not just what's been posted there, mm. but all these great blog posts. Yeah. And you can see posts from uh, Jason Fung's Obesity Code. You can see posts from... Uh, uh, the Keto Woman podcast, and you can see from other experts. And and the good thing for the person who's got the blog is that they now have access to 14,383 um, low-carbers uh, who right. are logged in and keen to comment. So, you know, it's a great community, yeah. Yeah, it's a great community. And for the average casual user, they get to search across all these things in, you know, in one place without – having noise mm. you know they don't to sift through absolutely so we want to encourage people to continue to use the ketogenic forums 
And the best way to go there is forum.2keto.com. Mm-hmm. Now, as Richard said, we don't want bots. We don't want trollers. And it, we have a little wall of defense, and it's mm. called a 15-minute trial period, right? Yeah. So you, you have to start with the website. You can't start with the app. You have to mm-hmm. start with the website, register. Once you've registered, you log in. You have to use the site for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you get bumped up to the next level. Now you can download the app on your phone and you mm-hmm. can use that. The, the app is called Discourse, yep. D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E. Yep. And uh, once you get there, uh, you can you only, you only go up. Yeah. And we have a, uh, this chain of trust where as you get more engaged in the ketogenic forums, your level of things that you can do gets greater and so that you get more features available to you. And so that's a trust mechanism which allows the system to scale to very large numbers. We couldn't ourselves manage with the 20 admins that we do have all of the people on the forum if we had to have an admin checking every post. Uh, But the fact that the system actually manages all of that for us means that we can scale to very large numbers, which would be great. Right. Yeah, as people use it more and, you know, contribute more and maybe, uh, you know, read more and write more, they get more trust. And mm. so they get the ability to do the policing and the flagging and all of that stuff. And, yeah. And that's, that's the way it works. It's a self-policing civil place where you can find what you're looking for and you can have the social chat that you're interested in. Yeah, it's been a good year with the ketogenic forum. Uh, we've we've really spoken has. to a lot of interesting people over the past year. Uh, yeah. We've done this is actually good to have just a, a chat with just you and I because it's been a while since we've had just a podcast yeah. with just Carl and Richard. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when you think about all of the people we've had on, we've had Ivor Cummins on a couple of times. We've had Gary Fetke on three times. We've had Megan Ramos. We've had uh, Dr. Eric Westman. Uh, Naisha Winters, who was the cancer doctor. Um, Dr. James D. Nicolantonio, Dr. Yeah. Jeff Gerber, yeah. Professor Richard David Feynman, Gary mm. Taubes, wow. Dr. Peter Balstadt. Yeah. Peter Bruckner and, uh, oh, Tim Noakes. How can we oh, forget Tim Noakes? We're not Noakes? worthy. We're not worthy. And <laughs> we're then, still not worthy. We're still not worthy. And then to follow up, uh, Tim Noakes, we had Asim Alotra, and uh, just yeah. last week we had Professor David Ludwig. So it's been, yeah. you know, it's been a, it's been a, a rocket ride this this year. We've got uh, all these oh, extra sure podcasts has. that we're doing. Uh, we're yeah. spending a lot of time on the Obesity Code podcast, which is it takes yeah. a lot of effort to produce it to the level that we do. Um, it's not a matter of just hitting a record button and just uh, letting no. it go. Maybe we should tell people the process that we go through to produce sure. that show. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it, go to obesitycodepodcast.com mm. or just find Obesity Code Podcast in your favorite uh, podcast, podcast player. But how it starts is with a patient, typically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do these Q&A things, mm-hmm. um, but patient-centric shows, I interview them and I get their story. And out of the story a theme emerges. Right. And this has been the way it has been so far, and hopefully it will continue this way. Mm. You know, a theme might be a big challenge for the person um, or or something that hasn't worked for a long time or something that did work, but it's usually based on a challenge. Yeah. And then Richard goes to work and he 
comes up with a, what would you call it, a, a, a sort of a outline. It's sort of a flowing script uh, of how the story yeah. is going to develop. And sometimes, you know, the patient will give us several pieces and they might not be in the order that we're eventually going to present them in. Mm. And so we have also cameos that we've recorded with uh, people like Nina Teicholz, Gary Taubes, yeah. uh, David Ludwig, um, Gary Fetke, and Jason right. and Megan. Yeah, and Jason and Megan record bits related to the patient right. and related to the challenge. Mm. And so then all that comes to me and I put the audio together mm. so that we tell the story and uh, do the narration, which sort of breaks up, you know, everybody speaking into, um, you know, so that you're hearing a new voice generally every 30 seconds or minute or so, yeah, something like that. And then we listen to it without music, mm. right? Yeah. And say, yes, this is the story or, you know, somebody has a suggestion and we rearrange some things or do whatever we need to, to right. tweak it. And then it gets musicified. Yeah. And then we put it on on Wednesdays. But one thing that I really like about the show that you do besides the outline, Richard, is mm. whenever there's a study, you go to town. Yeah, I try and give an explanation of what the studies uh, is about, what it was looking for, what they, what information they found, uh, and try and put it into a context so that it's easy to understand. So that's something we, yeah. we've, we've done right from the get-go. Uh, we have made sure that we uh, cite uh, anything that we uh, that we use, or we try to cite everything that right. we talk about. Uh, but in this case, I, I we, we wanted to actually get the audio in, um, sort of like a sidebar, a little bit like the book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, where yeah. uh, it comes in and explains the the, the uh, pan galactic <laughs> gargle blaster <laughs> or, or the heart of gold uh, starship, and so right. um, so that's kind of that's kind of um, uh, how it comes across. And you do a great job of that. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I enjoy doing that because I find that I find that part of it fascinating because you know that the what Jason's unique talent. Is being able to take complex subjects mm. and turn them into actionable items for the everyman, right. and so yeah. you know that's his unique skill. Uh, but sometimes it it appears to be a bit of an overgeneralization. What I've learned in doing this, in doing the research to find studies to to back up what he's saying, is he really does understand the literature. Uh, it's yeah. it's kind of scary, and it's been a very enjoyable and rewarding experience doing that. And Megan, of course, gives her experience with the patient. Right. Um, and, you know, she's the one who actually deals with the patients and yeah. sees them on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason is a busy guy. Not only is he, you know, seeing these patients – but he also has his kidney patients. He's like a nephrologist. He's, a nephrologist. Practice, yeah. he's a kidney doctor. So he has patients, patients, patients all the time. Mm. And if this whole um, record your bits on your own time uh, idea was really a, a joy for Jason and Megan because they're so busy. Mm. We don't have to have a set time to do a recording and now there's pressure and all that stuff. It's like, yeah. hey, over the next few days, here's what we need from you. And then they can take their time and do it when they're relaxed and focused and all of that. So it, it's a great show. And, you know, the accolades are coming in on that one as well. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. I guess that's a re really a wrap-up of our past year. Um, we've had yeah. a lot of uh, famous people on that we've been very uh, grateful to have the opportunity to talk to. We've had a lot of our friends on uh, on mm. the podcast. Um, yep. We've uh, been able to share 
uh, Keto Fest with everybody, which was awesome this year. And that's all right. going to be happening again next year. We're going to be getting ready to have a new Kickstarter for Keto Fest coming out in January. Uh, that's yeah, right. So and keep just your eye for those for who don't know, it will still be in New London, just yeah. like last year. Yep. It'll be double the size. That's our goal. It'll be double the size, right? And the date will be the weekend of July 21st. Right. So we have yet to do the Kickstarter, but we uh, we anticipate the Kickstarter will go swimmingly and we'll continue to sell tickets after that. Yeah. So we want to shout out to our friends who have been on the show. Mm. Brenda Zorn, Kim Howerton, Amber O'Hearn, yep. Jeff Atwood, yep. Daisy Brackenhall. Yeah, Donna Lordy, uh, Dr. Louise Reynolds, uh, also Terry Lance and Matt Murray. Uh, Ian Kelly yeah. was on, your your friend with type 1 diabetes. Yeah, the type 1 diabetic. By the way, I played with Ian in the jazz band oh, on right. Thursday night with my brother Jay. Nice. And he's just rocking it. He's, <laughs> he's just rocking And every you know people come up to me, hey, Carl, I've been carb-free for two weeks. I feel great. <laughs> you know, and everybody's yeah. looking at us like, hey, aren't you supposed to be playing your guitar? Shut up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's jazz. I can other stop people, whatever I want. Other, pe- <laughs> yeah. other people like Ron Coleman, the yeah. guy who did 46 days of fasting. Yeah. Tom Naughton, of yep. course, is yep. a celebrity in his own right. Dave yes. Korzunski, Nick Mailer. Yeah. Melanie Miller as well, who who helped us out with all the stuff for Keto Fest. And uh, yeah. Dave, Dave Feldman was on a couple of times. We had this whole thing at Keto Fest where he forced everybody to fast for uh, for three <laughs> days, bastard. And, and then and then, uh, and then then we feasted for three days and we had a whole bunch yeah. of uh, uh, blood tests. Uh, Siobhan yeah. Huggins was also on, talking speaking of cholesterol, and uh, uh, our yeah. rogue dietitian friend, Feng Yuan Liu. Yeah, Yuan oh, was on was awesome. and she was awesome. Um, and Ian Robathon, yep, the, the bicyclist, cyclist from yeah. the UK, the yep. cyclist, yeah. Yep. And uh, Brenda and Tom were on again uh, talking about their heart issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, Karen Ogilvie, she was a delight. She was from Impulsive Keto. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, our Thanksgiving show with Brenda and her beau, Kevin Mountain. Yeah. Well, I've actually got some good news about him. He uh, started out with an HbA1c, I think it was in uh, 12 or 13, uh, mm. and after something like eight weeks of keto, his HbA1c was down to 7.4, and he just yeah. announced on Facebook that his HbA1c is now 6.4. So he is officially not diabetic, but only pre-diabetic and if he can get wow. his HbA1c down under 5.7 and keep it there without drugs and he's off all his drugs and off off insulin um, and this is a man who's uh, severely diabetic um, yeah he is uh, you know he's he's uh, getting dialysis uh, for kidneys that are falling apart because of his diabetes if he can get yeah. his HbA1c under 5.6 then he will only be getting less diabetic. Yeah. His diabetes will reverse itself. So, And it should be noted that he did this not only being keto, but being keto, being fed by Brenda Zorn. <laughs> That's true. Which is a huge advantage. Yeah, that, that is. That <laughs> is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was our Thanksgiving show. So, uh, yeah, we've had, a, we've had a good year. and um, Had a good year. Yeah, it's it's been good. I'm looking forward to next year. We've got uh, Breckenridge coming up very soon in uh, that's what the end of February, beginning of March. 
Yeah. And then we're doing We it. anticipate a huge groundswell in ketogenic and uh, a, a sort of a rethinking of guidelines and food things. And we, we think next year is going to be a, a sort of a milestone. A banner year. Keto. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to be going forward with uh, a couple of new podcasts as well. Uh, and we're at Secret Project. We're actually working on a book. Uh, but yeah, don't don't tell right. anyone. <laughs> yeah, please don't. It's just us talking, right, Richard? Yeah, yeah it's just us. <laughs> so uh, right. so that's that's really our show. Uh, but there's one thing that we haven't done yet, and that must be recipes. So what do you got, Carl? What I got mm-hmm. is cinnamon donuts, baby. What you got? I gotta get it in me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Gotta get me some cinnamon donuts. Yep. So this is not the Krispy Kreme donut that I ate a decade ago, right? No, no, no. These are the ketogenic donuts. So instead of using flour, we're using almond flour. Right. Instead of using sugar, we're using sweetener. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the rest is baking stuff like baking powder, cinnamon, nutmeg, salt, butter, sour cream, eggs, vanilla, you know, good mm. stuff. Yeah, nice. So for this... I got to tell you, I tried using this recipe, which calls for a donut pan, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. has like the little donut shaped muffin tins or whatever. And I said, you know what? Let's go for lard. So I bought three quarts of lard, um, <laughs> which was epic. I, there's a store here um, that caters to the Latino community. Right. And they have rendered pork fat in quarts for six bucks a quart. Nice. And you know, it's not fake because the tint is different every yeah. in every one the consistency is different it's rendered pork <laughs> yeah. fat yeah right, it's great so you're going to deep fry these not bake them right well okay uh, no i ended up baking them because the deep fryer just tore them to shreds yeah i put it in a dutch oven mm-hmm. i heated it up to even lower than what uh was conventionally should be used for donuts which mm. is you know 375 at 318 i put in a ball and what happened was the outside cooks and then shreds and right. falls apart in the oil. And now yeah. you have a raw dough ball. So yeah. nasty. Because it turns out that without the gluten in there or something, almond yeah. flour just doesn't hold together. Sure. The egg won't work in that circumstance to hold it together. Normally, that's the trick. No, the egg won't work. And I also use konjac powder. So oh, okay. I use konjac root powder because that's a nice gluey starch mm, yeah. that we don't respond to. Well, that didn't help either. So I ended up using the donut pan. So what you do is you preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. In a large bowl, you stir together the dry ingredients, which is a cup of almond flour. I made a double batch, by the way. Okay. It turns out that you can make about six donuts with a batch. Mm-hmm. So I made a double batch to make a dozen. So a cup of almond flour, mm-hmm. a third of a cup of sweetener. Now, we all know that sweeteners come in different potencies, mm. right? Some sweeteners, a third of a cup of, I guess, the sugar equivalent is what yeah. they're looking for. Sure. So a third of a cup of, like, Splendor <laughs> would, be enough, would be enough to sweeten a, a, a battalion. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So you want to be careful with that. Yeah. I used allulose. Okay. And it's a powdered allulose that's more like confectioner sugar. Yeah. Consistency-wise. But it is not as sweet as sugar. So a third of a cup turned out not to be sweet enough 
for what I consider to be a cake donut. Sure. It was sweet enough for me, but yeah. not for other people. Mm-hmm. So you got to watch that. And I would I would do the sweetener last, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, just at, wait until the end to put the sweetener in, so you can do it a little bit at a time and figure yeah. out what you like. Um, two teaspoons of baking powder, mm-hmm. a teaspoon of cinnamon, a teaspoon of nutmeg. A quarter of a teaspoon of sea salt. Sure. A quarter of a cup of unsalted butter, measured solid, then melted, and that's mm-hmm. half a stick melted. Yeah. A quarter of a cup of sour cream. Mm. Interesting. Sour cream gives it a tang. Mm. It would do. Yeah. Two large eggs mm-hmm. and half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Now, you take the dry ingredients, which is everything up to the salt- and whisk together those and then put the wet ingredients in another bowl and then combine them together. You know, if you want to do that, that's fine. You can also just put everything in a great big bowl. And I guess you, <laughs> Blend it you, want, to f- you want to get the eggs beaten yeah. first. I think mm-hmm. that's the key. Yeah. Also, one little gotcha here is that if you melt butter and it's really hot and you pour it into eggs, guess what happens? Curdles. <laughs> Scrambled eggs. Yeah. 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 So you got to take the butter off the pan and let it get a little bit cool, but still liquid before you put it in there. Mm -hmm. All right. So you essentially fill the batter into the donut cavities about three quarters of the way, but I I just filled them up. Right. Right. And you want to bake for about, I don't know, 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and then flip them and then bake them for another 15 minutes. Now, if you have a nonstick donut pan, you just flip them out. Yeah. Turn them over and put them back in. Yeah. So they may end up hollowing out a little bit then because what's going to happen is the, the donut shape uh, is going to be a rounded shape uh, when you bake it the first time. When you turn it upside down, it's going to flop down to the, the base of the pan. So you're going to end up with yes. a fully rounded shape and, the, and it's going to be hollow on the inside really, isn't it? Well, so what actually ended up happening is it wasn't hollow on the inside. I had to use my finger and sort of make a a hole in the middle of it when it went in the first time. And then when you flip them, the bottoms are completely round because they were pretty much liquid. Sure, yeah. But what happens is the top sort of looks has that crumble, that cake crumble look to it. Sure, yeah. And that really doesn't round out when you flip them. Gotcha. Because they're already kind of set. I see. But that's okay. Yeah, it's going to be like a cruller. Yeah. Hmm. So you may have to round out the uh, middle of them after you flip them to get a a, a true hole in the middle of the donut, Mm -hmm. if you even care. (laughs) Now, when they come out, you want to let them cool, uh, you know, cook them for another 10, 15 minutes until they're done. Mm -hmm. Let them cool for a while. And now you want to take some sweetener and some cinnamon in a bag, a paper bag, Mm -hmm. and you shake them up. Yeah. Right, so you're going to coat them, yeah. Coat them. And Mm -hmm. I use, again, the powdered allulose with cinnamon, Mm -hmm. and uh, wow, they were good. Yeah, that's nice. i tell you a funny story about donuts. Um, Okay. Back when I was living in Las Vegas, Krispy Kreme had just come to Las Vegas, and they have these uh, machines, industrial donut-making machines. It's a long production line. And if you've been to a Krispy Kreme store, you've seen them. Happen in Australia. There is a Krispy Kreme in Australia, but we don't actually have the the the, the window with the production uh, system, so it's, uh-huh. it's less entertaining. But so anyway, in Las Vegas, we had these Krispy Kremes. Julie and I used to be able to go to the Krispy Kreme place, get three dozen donuts, take them home, and eat a, a box each. So there's a dozen in each Ouch. box. I know, right? So just think of how much 
glucose this was that we were eating. And this was when I was at my most diabetic. Um, I was, I was a sugar addict. And, you know, now I've got to admit, I mean, that donut sounds good. I think I could probably eat maybe half a one or maybe I'd oh, eat that's one. That's what I found. But you wouldn't eat, you wouldn't eat 12. So, you know, people who no, say, no, no, well, no, I, yeah, I, I could just- barely eat one. I, yeah, I, yeah I, you don't you don't dive into these like you are yeah. used to diving into a donut. With no, the they're cream, actually yeah. just a nice little treat. Yeah, that lovely. You could take or leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, so anyway, Krispy uh, Kremes was the downfall of me. <laughs> For me, back when in the '90s, when I was first married, it was Baskin Robbins, and my ex-wife and I used to go to Baskin Robbins and each get a pint of ice cream. Mm. And we would do this two or three times a week and wow. eat the whole effing pint. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, yeah sugar and uh, fat. Yeah, a lot of sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, it wasn't the fat that was the problem, no, right? No, you know? no, it was but, sugar uh, was doing lots it. and lots and lots of sugar. My, I think my favorite uh, flavor at the time was pralines and cream. So. <laughs> Oh, it no. was sugar upon Plus sugar with oh, bites geez, of yeah. sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have any uh, desire to eat that kind of uh, food anymore. No, I, I like making I my own ice cream, but I, I actually like making savory ice cream these days, or at least not too sweet. So, um, And I certainly don't yeah. eat, you know, as I say, you know, I, w- I would not eat two dozen or one dozen uh, donuts. I wouldn't oh, be able yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could barely that. eat one, actually. Yeah, exactly. Now, almond flour is pretty pretty filling, you know? It's, yeah, absolutely. We People found this with the, with the fathead pizza, mm. is that, wow, I can really only eat two, two pieces and I'm done. Well, there you go. With pizzas, <laughs> I used to have like two large pizzas um, and oh. I'd be able to put them away. Uh, two large ham and pineapples, poof, that used to be my thing. Yeah. And uh, wow. now I, I have a like a, a fathead, uh, I mean- I guess in pizza sizes, it's about half the – it's like a medium. So I used to have yeah. two large pizzas. I can now share with Julie a medium-sized pizza tray over two meals. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'll have a quarter of that for one meal. I have two slices of pizza yeah. and I'm, 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 I'm full, <laughs> you know. So it, it's remarkable, really. I don't even make the crust anymore. I just – or if I'm going to make it, I'll just cook it in a pan. Right. You know, with the cheese on the bottom. Yeah. But if I'm going to order pizza, I'll just get a, a large pizza with no sauce and everything on it, extra cheese. And oh, I got to give you this tip mm. olive that? oil. Remember, we yeah, talked yeah. about olive oil last we week. Yeah. And how, you know, there was this scare against olive oil that's, you know, not olive oil. Yeah. Well, it turns out that if you go to a restaurant and ask for olive oil, most of the time you're going to get a blend. Ah. And it can be 65 to 95% vegetable oil. Oh, nasty. That stuff will give you Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> yeah, it'll mess you up. <laughs> yeah. and, and this even at Italian restaurants, when wow. I say, hey, can I have some olive oil? They say, no, you don't want ours. Because yeah. it's a. So I have now to go when I get when I go out to dinner. I have to take a little bottle yeah. of effing olive oil B-Y-O. in my coat <laughs> and sneak it over my salad and my food because I can't trust it. Carl have, Franklin, oh. notorious olive oil smuggler. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, it's hilarious. come to this, Richard. It has come to this. So I think it's about time I did a recipe, and this is actually going to be one of your recipes that I've tweaked. Uh, okay. So this is Carl's chicken salad. Um, and yeah. I've done Carl's chicken salad before. And we know how we do that. You, you go to the store. It, it takes about 10 minutes to make this meal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Only if you let somebody else do the roasting of the chook. So yep. go to your grocery store and pick up a roast chook. And it'll cost you five bucks or so. Yep. Get half a head of celery. Uh, yep. One chook, half a head of celery. And then normally you'd use mayonnaise. Uh, right. B- but I'm going to change it up a bit here. So you, you, what you do is you pull the pull the wings and the legs off the chalk and you put them to the side. We're going to use them later on for garnish. And <laughs> what you then do is you pull all the meat off the bones and you can toss the bones in an instant pot and make up some chicken stock. That's not part of our recipe, yeah. but that's what I do with the old bones. So I've got all the meat pulled off. Now I dice it, chop it into small one-centimetre sort of half-inch dices and uh, put it in a bowl. So we've got a bowl of diced uh, roast chalk. And any yep. juices in the bottom of the pan uh, that, that you get the roast oh, chook in, in chuck those in as well. Keep it as juicy as yeah. possible. So now you're going to take some uh, half a, a head of celery and you're going to slice each of the sticks vertically multiple times mm-hmm. and then chop it up into a, a very fine dice. And so we're talking yep. about another se- centimetre, maybe a, a, a quarter of an inch dice uh, on the celery, and throw that in with the chicken. So now normally with Carl's uh, chicken salad, we'd add celery salt and we'd add uh, mayonnaise. What we're going to do this yep. time is we're going to actually – we're going to add avocados and pesto. Mm. Oh. And now this is this is the kind of meal when somebody – complains about all of their keto meals not being green enough, not having enough greens, this is an entirely (laughs) green meal. Oh, my gosh. So pesto is this sauce that comes from Genoa. Yeah. And you make it by – you take a wodge, which is about a handful of leaves of basil, so a wodge of basil, and you put that into a small blender. I use a magic bullet, but, you know, a small blender. And you're going to have about a handful of – Pine nuts. Yep. And then we're going to put about the same amount of volume as the pine nuts, so about a handful of grated Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese. It's Parmesan, yep. but don't buy the can of Parmesan that's pre-grated. No, no, no. Buy real a, stuff. Buy real Parmesan cheese and, and grate it yourself. It, this is going to go into a blender, so it doesn't have to be fully grated. You can just put it in chunks as long as your blender is able to, to grind through and, and, and reduce now it you down. put in garlic and olive oil too, right? Absolutely. So uh, then you put in uh, – you put in enough olive oil so that it blends into a sauce. If you don't have enough olive oil, it'll become a paste. And if you have too mm. much olive oil, it'll be a liquid. So it yeah. basically start to get it to the paste and then add a little bit more until it just starts to blend into a sauce. And I put mm. in uh, two cloves of fresh garlic. Yeah. Now, I quite like the heat, the hum of fresh garlic. Uh, but Me if you too. don't like the heat, you can uh, use roasted or fermented garlic. That's also good. It also mellows if you let it sit. So if you let it sit in the fridge, yeah. the, the edge will come off the garlic. I like the edge. A little bit. <laughs> so I make it fresh. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you blend it up. And what yep. you end up with is a ultra green, this is from the basil, ultra yeah. green sauce. And yeah. uh, so if the chicken is cold, let's say it's been a couple of hours since you bought the chook and it's gone cold, warm it up a bit. Mm. So nuke it for a minute and 
The reason for doing that is if you nuke the chicken and it's warm, when the pesto hits it, it will spread over the whole thing. It will melt a little bit and it'll coat everything. And so what you're trying to do is coat everything into green. Uh, And so then then, uh, either put a lid on the bowl and and, uh, toss it to blend everything or get a spoon in there and just really give it a good blend and so everything is green. And then the final Mm. touch is that you dice up an entire avocado and you sprinkle it over the top of the bowl um, and uh, you put it in bowls and garnish it with roasted chicken limbs. (laughs) So, Oh, my gosh. I've got a link of this on the ketogenic forums, uh, speaking of ketogenic forums, and it's the bottom of the what did you eat today because I literally ate this today. It was delicious. You know, I made some chicken salad um, for Kelly yesterday. Yeah. And I think what I'm going to do for lunch is I'm going to take some of that and make some pesto and yeah. mix it all in. I don't have an avocado, but but I do have a few uh, Julie bagels. Which nice. Are Fox Hill <laughs> Kitchen's yeah. bagels. Yeah. Uh, which you can get at bread.2keto.com. This sure. is just amazing stuff. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I think I might have me a chicken salad sandwich for mm, lunch. Mm, mm. That's good. Of course, mm. if you have anything that you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, some more research that you found to support or refute anything that we've said, send it by email to dudes at 2ketodudes.com or post it on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2ketodudes, on Instagram at 2ketodudes, and make sure to use the hashtag two keto dudes and of course if you want to join the free ketogenic forum it's forum.2keto.com and if useless swag is your fancy like t-shirts coffee mugs and onesies and onesies (laughs) (laughs) with witty keto sayings on them head over to gear.2keto.com and if you want a shot at getting some of that swag for free join the two keto dudes fan club you'll be eligible to win something in every show go to fanclub.2keto.com and if you feel like supporting our podcasts and our forums think about making a pledge on our patreon page at patreon.2keto.com or just hit the donate button on our website at www.2ketodudes.com or just go to donate.2keto.com and you can also see videos of all our podcasts and other videos of course on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. And if you haven't already, go leave us a review on iTunes. That's how new people get to know about what we do. Absolutely. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. And my friend, keep calm and keto on. Keep calm and keto on, Carl. All right. We'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes. Dudes.